Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy. And in today's video, we're going to be doing a 12-team PPR mock draft on YahooFantasy.com from the ninth overall spot. Inside today's video, I'm going to be talking about my thought process throughout my picks of the draft, as well as my thought process and my feelings towards how the draft is going so you guys can get a good insight into my mind as I'm doing a 2021 fantasy football draft. So before we get into this video, I just want to ask if at any point you do end up enjoying this video, Video and you are new to my channel to so please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below not only is it free I put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2021 fantasy football championship so please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below and while you're down there whether you are new or not please make sure to hit that like button down below to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video now my rankings are going to be out very soon on a website awesomeo.com the link will be down below in the description description. I have been writing a bunch of articles every single day about players. So if you guys want to get that extra insight, you guys want to get some reading in when you're bored, when you're just sitting around, make sure that you check those out. The links will be down below. It'll just be a link to my author page on the Osmo website where I do just put all of those articles on there for free. It doesn't cost any money, so make sure that you guys do check those out. I also post additional fantasy football content on their YouTube channel as well, Osmo Fantasy Football. So we are sitting here at the ninth overall spot, and this is kind of my sweet spot for being in a 12-team league. I like being at the 9, 10, 10, 11, or 12 because I feel like I could start the draft with a nice one-two punch at the running back position. Now, I don't necessarily try to lock myself into a box when it comes to fantasy drafts, so I'm not going to say that I'm definitely going to go with that one-two punch, but if I feel confident in the running backs that are available, that's typically the way I look to do it because after the second round, the running backs start to get a lot more risque, and the wide receivers still seem pretty good. They all still seem like they have top 12 upside, but the running backs dip off very, very quickly. Obviously, in some leagues, people will be more wide receiver heavy in the first two rounds of the draft. But in a majority of drafts I have done in the past, and especially this season, the running backs are coming off the board very quick. So you got to make sure that you snatch them before it ends up being too late. Uh, the number one overall pick of the draft was Christian McCaffrey, followed by Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Tyreek Hill, and Jonathan Taylor, followed by Ezekiel Elliott. So the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks of the draft six are running backs, just one wide receiver. That is going to be very typical. After Zeke comes Saquon Barkley. So now we are back up on the board here at the number nine overall spot. And looking at the running back position, you can really go either way here. I like Nick Chubb a lot. His upside is definitely limited, in my opinion, by Kareem Hunt, but that does not mean that Nick Chubb isn't going to be an elite fantasy football running back. I do like Aaron Jones more, and I do have him ranked higher, but right now, with the unknowns of Aaron Rodgers, there in Green Bay. I would kind of backtrack a little bit on that, and I am fine taking him in the second round, but in the first round, to me, there's just a whole lot of risk that comes with that. Now, there has been a post on both Aaron Rodgers as well as Devontae Adams' account on Instagram on their stories. They both posted a picture, I believe it was Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman, like, not applying, like, implying is what I meant to say, implying that this is the 
Last Dance, like that documentary that was on ESPN. This is the final ride, the final go-around for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and then both of them are going to skedaddle their way out of there after this season. That's what I think of when I see that picture, but, you know, maybe that picture just means that they're fucking around with us, they're twiddling around their thumbs, and they're like, you know what, let's just make Twitter, Instagram go crazy, let's post this. That could also be what it means. There's a lot of talk of Rodgers potentially retiring. I don't really see that, but there's definitely a way that he ends up getting traded off of this team because he just does not want to play in Green Bay, it appears, after Nick Chubb came Stefan Diggs, Travis Kelsey, A.A. Ron Jones, Antonio Gibson, and Austin Eckler. Antonio Gibson, Austin Eckler are two of my favorite targets inside of the second round. And at this point, they've almost been moved up into the first round after the injury to Cam Akers. Darrell Henderson obviously should be filling that role in L.A. for the Rams. But the question is, do they add someone or is it going to actually be Darrell Henderson workhorse season? I'm not too sure. We will know relatively soon if they add a Le'Veon Bell, a Todd Gurley to that offense, because that will definitely put a damper, in my opinion, on the value of Darrell Henderson. Looking at the board here, I am very comfortable drafting one running back here, and that is Najee Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think people are still relatively in on Joe Mixon. I am not all in on that boat last year. You guys, if you're watching my channel, I was basically banging the fucking bongos aggressively, telling you to draft Joe Mixon, telling you Joe Mixon has top five upside, and I believe that again, but I am going to completely back backpedal on that because I can see a way that things can go very, very wrong in Cincinnati with them throwing the ball so much, not being able to run the ball ultra late in the games. Now, I do believe we're in a similar scenario here with Najee Harris and the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the reason why James Conner kind of sucked last year was because James Conner's only good with a great offensive line. He's not necessarily a bum running back, right? He's not one of the worst running backs in the NFL, but there's a reason why they didn't re-sign him and they elected to draft Najee Harris inside of the first round. That's because Mike Tomlin loves to have a workhorse running back. He had it in the past in Le'Veon Bell, and Najee Harris is a similar running back to Le'Veon Bell. He's a guy that is going to be able to dominate inside of the trenches. He's also going to be a guy that can get these nice dump-offs and take them for a lot of yards. So I believe Najee Harris is going to see a lot of success this season in Pittsburgh. But let me warn you right now, because by the time you're drafting in late August or early September, training camps have just started. Preseason's coming around the corner. There is going to be a full-on fucking hype train for Najee Harris. It happens every single year with rookies just getting pushed and pushed up the draft board. Last year, you're seeing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire go as like a second round pick, and then as it got a little bit closer to the drafts, he starts moving up, then he cracks the first round. You're like, all right, at pick number 12... Maybe I'm fine with that for Clyde Edwards-Lair. And then he keeps moving up, and then he's like a top eight pick, top five pick in some leagues. I could see that happening with Najee Harris, but with how confusing the landscape is at running back past the first couple of players, I wouldn't be surprised if Harris ended up crawling up to be like a top eight running back by the time you're drafting in August. But right here, inside of the second round, I am very confident in Najee Harris. After Harris came Joe Mixon, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Miles Sanders, DeAndre Hopkins, Clyde, Edwards, Hilaire, Devontae, Adams, Darren Waller, D.K. Metcalf, and J.K. Dobbins. At this point, where we are sitting here in July, Darren Waller has basically hit George Kittle with the 619 fucking Ray Mysterious, hit him with the Stone Cold Stunner, he's hit him with the You Can't See Me John Cena, like, he has just surpassed George Kittle in a big way. I am nervous about drafting George Kittle. Now, I don't think George Kittle is a bad player. The biggest concern to me is definitely his injury concerns, because he's been getting hurt more recently, 
and the quarterback change because we know Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle have a love affair on the gridiron, but how sure are we that him and Trey Lance are going to have that same connection? How sure are we that this offense doesn't try to run even more with Trey Lance to try to fit his playing type? So I don't know. I do think that Kittle's a fine player. I could draft him in the third round, but I'm not ultra hyped about it like I would be to get a guy like Darren Waller, who I think could be the number one target on the Las Vegas Raiders this season. After J.K. Dobbins came, Keenan Allen, Patty Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. You guys are going to see this a lot in drafts. Someone's going to take Mahomes, and then maybe a pick or two later, someone's like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to be able to get Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to be able to get Kyler Murray. I'm not going to be able to get Josh Allen with my next pick. I have to pick them. It's panic pick season from like the third to the sixth round on people panicking on quarterbacks. The same thing happens slightly later with the tight end position after the big three go of Kelsey, Waller, and Kittle. You'll see someone take pits and then someone gets nervous. Then Andrews comes off the board. It's just a crazy thing that happens in drafts with the quarterback and the tight end position. After Terry McLaurin came, David Montgomery and Allen Robinson were back up on the board. We already have that nice one-two punch at the running back position. So I'm willing to wait before I draft another one. I want to go ahead and snag a wide receiver with some elite upside, and I believe that is exactly what C.D. Lamb has. I had a doctor on a couple of days ago. You guys should check out that video, Dr. Edwin Porras, and what he was telling me was that Amari Cooper's injury could be a little bit more serious than people are leading on. The fact is that Amari Cooper has been dealing with injuries to his foot for a long time, and they seem to get re-aggravated and if Amari Cooper is cleared off the physically unable to participate in a couple of days, then it doesn't really matter, right? Then you're going to backtrack on that statement. But what he was telling me is that maybe you should look a little more into it and maybe CeeDee Lamb should be being drafted ahead of Amari Cooper because there's no real concern with injury going into the season with CeeDee Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. And this is going to be one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the NFL with one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I believe CeeDee Lamb has top 10 potential in 2021 after CeeDee Lamb came, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, George Kittle, Josh Jacobs, and Darrell Henderson. Interesting to see Henderson go in the fourth round in a lot of max in a lot of Mac drafts. I see him going in the third, fourth round range, falling into the fourth in this one. After Darrell Henderson came, Chris Carson. That's where there's a true running back fall off, in my opinion, after Chris Carson. I do think DeAndre Swift is pretty solid as well. I'm a little bit worried about the fact that this offense is going to be complete and utter dick cheese, but I do still think they're going to be able able to get it done enough to dump the ball off to Swift. Looking at wide receivers now, seven seconds to go. It's between Robert Woods and Julio Jones. It's a real pick your poison, but I'm going to hunt for some supreme upside, and I believe that's what Robert Woods has in this Los Angeles Rams offense. I think Julio Jones has a lot of upside as well in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill being the number two option there, and I kind of emphasize the two there because how sure are we that he is the number two? How sure are we that he's not the number one? I don't know, but I do feel like Robert Woods is the number one wide receiver in Los Angeles with Matthew Stafford. I think this is a huge step up from what he's had with Jared Goff in the past, and I think he's going to continue to build on being one of the safer wide receivers for fantasy football the last couple of years and really take that leap into a potential top 12 finish at the wide receiver position this year. We are about 10-ish minutes into this video, so if you guys have ended up enjoying the video thus far and you are new, please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below because like I said, off the rip of the video, it's free and I put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2021 Fantasy Football Championship.
taking a gander back on the board after Josh Jacobs, Darrell Henderson, and Chris Carson came off the board. We went with Robert Woods, followed by Amari Cooper, DeAndre Swift, Josh Allen, Tyler Lockett, and Julio Jones. While I'm starting to get a little bit more bullish on Tyler Lockett, while I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident in Tyler Lockett, I see a lot of upside in Tyler Lockett, especially if Seattle starts to throw the ball more than they were last season. But... Taking Tyler Lockett over Julio Jones to me is a ludicrous move. You know what Julio Jones is. Julio Jones is one of the best fucking wide receivers in the NFL right now. Julio Jones is on a team that while, sure, Nick, they like to run the ball with Derrick Henry. I understand they're still going to be passing the ball a decent amount. Ryan Tannehill putting up great numbers year in and year out. I'm pretty confident in Julio Jones. And Tyler Lockett is one of those gas, not a gas, like what are those called? Like a light switch picks meaning you know some games he's on it's super bright and then other games it's dark and it feels like your team is being fucking haunted by Tyler Lockett because he's either going to go in on this defense and raw dog them bend them over the table and smack them a couple of times 50 shades of gray style in the ass with some type of crazy contraption or he does the opposite and you're the one getting bent over the table getting uh done some bad things to you from uh, Tyler Lockett so I don't know I don't know that seems a little bit crazy to me after Kyler Murray came Cooper Cup Miles Gaskin that bitch Carol Gaskin DJ Moore Adam Thielen Brandon Ayuk and Kyle Pitts Kyle Pitts is also going to be one of those rookie players that I think is going to continue to get a hype train built up for them kind of like Najee Harris but it seems like the Pitts hype train has kind of calmed down a little bit he was going in fourth in a lot of mocks uh, in the fourth round in a lot of mocks a couple of weeks ago but it's starting to get a little bit more tame there inside of the fifth round I still do like TJ Hawkinson a lot more than Kyle Pitts because like I said this Lions offense is bad the wide receiver court is shit so they're gonna be having to throw the ball a lot to TJ Hawkinson in my opinion after Chase Edmonds came Travis Etienne and Dak Prescott followed by TJ Hawkinson it is my turn to draft looking at the running backs still available I genuinely do feel like there is a very big fall off after Mike Davis as well as Kareem Hunt I already have Nick Chubb so I don't really see a reason to have both of the Cleveland Browns running backs on my team. So I'm going to go with Mikey Mike Davis running back of the Atlanta Falcons. If you guys have been watching a lot of my mock drafts, this guy is a staple in my roster inside of the fifth round. Now I completely do believe that if you're doing a bunch of drafts, you should try to diversify your team. If you're drafting Mike Davis a bunch inside of the fifth round as your flex option, maybe you want to go ahead and draft a wide receiver other times or draft a different running back with high upside. But I believe in Atlanta, Mike Davis is the clear, the clear workhorse running back in Atlanta. I believe there is really no way anyone can take his job. I believe that this is a pretty solid role to have. A lot of people last season were projecting Todd Gurley to be really good, and then he wasn't. You want to know why? Because he has a fucked up knee. Mike Davis doesn't have that knee arthritis. He is going to be stepping into a wonderful role in Atlanta. I am very excited about Mike Davis this year as a potential league winner that you can find inside of the fifth round. We are up next, and we're going to be looking to avoid the running back position for a little bit here and looking for a nice high upside wide receiver at this pick. The more I think about it, the more high up I get on Jamar Chase, wide receiver of the Cincinnati Bengals, formerly of the LSU Tigers with Joe Burrow. It just seems like this is one of those teams that's going to be super pass heavy. I talked about it a little bit earlier with Joe Mixon. I believe this team's going to be pumping the rock out there with Joe Burrow. They, to me, are the Dallas Cowboys of the AFC. 
The Dallas Cowboys are a team with great weapons, good quarterback, or great quarterback maybe with Dak. The Bengals offense, great wide receivers with a good quarterback with the upside of being great. So it seems like a very similar situation, and both of their defenses are fucking atrocious. And when your defense is as bad as the Cincinnati Bengals, you're going to have to be throwing the ball a lot in games, especially later on in the game, where Jamar Chase is going to be picking up some huge points here. He is riding the bench right now, but I could easily start him week one over Mike Davis, but probably not because Mike Davis has a smash spot up against the Philadelphia Eagles in week one, which I believe is going to be one of those boat race matchups. I should probably bet the over right now because that one is going to be, like I said, a certified bloodbath week one. One after I went ahead and drafted Jamar Chase came Trey Sermon, Cortland Sutton, Odell Beckham Jr., Raheem Mostert, Ronald Williams, or Ronald Jones, Javante Williams, and Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram in the sixth round. Pete Buddy. Someone's gonna give this guy a shake, a legitimate shake. I'm talking like like an aggressive behind the back shake here, and explain to this guy. That Evan Ingram is nowhere near worth a six-round pick. Do not draft Evan Ingram until like the 12th, 13th round. I'm not looking to draft Evan Ingram at all. It's not because of my, well, I am not very confident in Daniel Jones, but Evan Ingram looked lost last season. His head was on a swivel, but in the worst of ways. And they bring in Kyle Rudolph. That means that Evan Ingram is going to be losing some opportunity. And he already wasn't that good last year. He fucking sucked. He got an all-pro. He was not all-pro, actually, not all-pro, but he was in the Pro Bowl last season, which is such bullshit how the Pro Bowl works. He sucked ass last year. He was one of the worst fantasy tight ends. He was a complete and utter disaster at the tight end position, but he still somehow made it to the Pro Bowl. So thank you, NFL, for letting the fans vote, which is just so stupid in my opinion. Russell Wilson, Leonard Fournette, and Justin Herbert after that. Just completely disregard that pick. This is a team that was starting off well. Pete went Dalvin Cook. He's got Devontae Adams. He's got J.K. Dobbins, Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen. This is a very solid start to your team, and then he took his team and fucking broke its back by drafting Evan Ingram, which just makes no sense. There's no reason to even keep harping on it because it's just a stupid pick. After Justin Herbert, the pervert, came Robbie Anderson and Chase Claypool. We are getting up onto the board relatively quickly here with the fact that someone decided to go ahead and pick Evan Ingram that highly. That does mean that some more tight ends are going to fall, but I don't really like the tight ends on the board at this spot. I do like Higby, who is now screaming up the draft board apparently in Yahoo. Dallas Godert is a running back or a tight end, I should say, that I am ultra confident in. But for some reason, Zach Ertz is still there and there doesn't seem to be an out for Zach Ertz. It seems like he's just going to be there and that really limits Dallas Godert's upside, especially if Zach Ertz is able to stay healthy. So Dallas Godert went from like a must draft tight end in my mind to a tight end that I'm not even really looking at at all in my drafts. Looking at running back right now, it really has started to get grim, but there is one shining light being bestowed upon us at the running back position here, and that is Damian Harris of the New England Patriots. Now, I understand that drafting a Patriots running back is basically asking to have Bill Belichick use one running back. We've never really seen that in the past out of Bill Belichick. It's always a running back by committee, a running back by orgy where 7,000 dudes are touching the ball every single game. But I believe that Damian Harris is going to be the lead guy getting the rock in New England. And inside of the seventh round, where you can get a potential 
lead back on the team who does have pass catching upside. He has not done it at the NFL level yet, had done it somewhat well at Alabama. I think that Damian Harris is a very talented NFL running back who is getting very heavily overlooked by a lot of the consensus. Looking now at the board here, we definitely have to go ahead and snag a wide receiver again. Tight end, not in love with quarterback. I feel like I could wait until a little bit later before I draft mine. So I'm going to go ahead here and go with a wide receiver. Hopefully... Let's see. Now, Anthony Miller, breaking news, not really breaking news, happened yesterday, got traded to the Houston Texans to be the wide receiver two there, but I am still pretty confident in Brandon Cooks' upside as my wide receiver three on this team. Let's see. We got CeeDee Lamb, Robert Woods, and Jamar Chase. So we're going to definitely do something a little bit spicy here. We're going to hunt full on upside. This is a move that is either going to pay off immensely or be our worst pick of the draft. But inside of the eighth round, I'm willing to take a risk on a guy like Will Fuller. The wide receivers I want to be drafting in Miami is Will Fuller, and I want to be drafting Jalen Waddle. Devontae Parker can deep throat my whole fucking penis. As a Miami Dolphins fan, sorry for the vulgar language, I hate Devontae Parker. I hate Devontae Parker. He is not very good. Will Fuller last year was on pace to be like a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy football, but he ended up doing those PEDs. So he's suspended for the first game. Hopefully, you know that. I'll make sure to drill that into your brain that Will Fuller is going to be missing the first game, but he's not a guy I was looking to start every single week. He's a guy that I'm looking to see how him and Tua you know, do the little dance on the NFL field, and we'll see how it works out, how that connection works, because if it does work out, and Tua's able to fire off that deep ball with efficiency like he did at the collegiate level at Alabama, Will Fuller could be a steal inside of the eighth round, a super high upside pick. If you want to be safe, I love Brandon Cooks. I generally believe being the wide receiver one on any team has a lot of value this late in the draft, even if Terod Taylor is going to be the quarterback there with little to be known about Deshaun Watson at this point. We're almost in August, and I frankly don't even know what the hell to think about Deshaun Watson. He could be the starting quarterback of the Texans week one. Wouldn't be surprised. He could be not in the league, like just suspended, not able to play. And that wouldn't surprise me either. It's just a very confusing situation to be dealing with there in Houston. Also, a lot of rumors that he's going to get traded to the Eagles. Very big rumor as well. Will that happen? I'm not sure, but I'm just speaking here, talking about all the things, talking about Deshaun Watson. So who knows when we will know, but I still believe in Brandon Cooks. I don't know why he's falling this far because like I'm saying, he is going to be the wide receiver one in targets there. Anthony Miller, sure, that's another body on the team. Just another body. Anthony Miller has never put it together. So I'm fine drafting Brandon Cooks here inside of the eighth or the ninth round where he's going. Devontae Smith is another one of those guys who's getting severely underdrafted, in my opinion, because he is also the clear wide receiver one in targets in my mind in Philadelphia. Sure, I'm not 100% sold in on Jalen Hurts. I am far away from that. I am like three football fields away from being sold in on Jalen Hurts. But what I'm sure of is that no matter who the quarterback is, like I'm talking about with Brandon Cooks, it's a similar thing. If you're the wide receiver one on the team and targets, you're going to have value. And you're looking to draft value in fantasy football. You're looking to chase the upside in targets late in the draft. And Devontae Smith could be a monster in the target department. He could easily, in my opinion, finish higher than Jamar Chase at the wide receiver position. Because Jamar Chase, while we drafted him, while I like him because of how much this team is going to be throwing the ball, 
they have other options. They have T. Higgins. They have Tyler Boyd. They have Joe Mixon to dump the ball off. In Philadelphia, they have Jalen Reger. They have J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who they drafted ahead of D.K. Metcalf. Smart move over there. Philly, so yeah. I just see a whole lot of upside in those two players going super late in drafts right now. Hollywood Brown, that is one of those wide receivers where you draft him and you instantly realize that you have made a terrible decision. You have set your team back because Hollywood Brown is one of those players that is going to have three big games next year. And I could easily see it happening. Week 5, Week 9, Week 14. This guy just goes bonkers in a game. I'm talking 120 yards, two touchdowns, like some big performances, some week-winning performances. But then the other weeks, this guy is putting up a snoozer in your starting lineup. I don't really believe in Hollywood Brown. I don't think he's even going to be the wide receiver one there in targets next year, so I'm avoiding him at all costs. The biggest tip I have for fantasy football is to draft more running backs than wide receivers. I talk about this in every single mock draft because it's so easy even in a 12-team league, to go on the waiver wire week three, find a wide receiver that you can plug and play in your offense or onto your fantasy team. But for running backs, that's going to be much more difficult. So I look to draft a lot of running backs inside of these drafts. And Michael Carter is another one of those late round targets that I am really looking to target. Now, the thing with Michael Carter is, could he not be the running back one in New York? 100%. He could end up starting as the running back two on the team because Tevin Coleman obviously has that connection with the head coach because he he was the coach of the 49ers, the defensive coach, defensive coordinator, I should say, and Tevin Coleman was a running back on that team. So they obviously have that connection. So Tevin Coleman could start, but I believe Michael Carter is a much better running back. And Tevin Coleman really has not been able to stay stay healthy. Does that mean I'm not targeting Tevin Coleman? No, because I actually like Tevin Coleman as a nice late round shot. But I believe Michael Carter has a very good chance of leading the team in carries when the season comes to an end. After I went ahead and drafted Michael Carter, let's look at the board here. After I took Michael Carter, my boy, my old bitch lame, but my young Hoku came off the board, followed by Debo Samuel, Jerry Judy, and I'm in the pocket like Burrow. Now, something I learned when I talked to that doctor, please watch that video. Please watch the video of me and Dr. Edwin Porras talking about injuries because this is genuine, vital information. But too long, didn't watch the video. Summation is that Joe Burrow had a very bad injury. Obviously, he's cutting it very close to the kickoff of the amount of months that you want allotted to being good to go, being cleared by a doctor. So, is Joe Burrow going to miss week one? Probably not, but there is a chance that maybe he's not 100%, so I would advise drafting a backup if you draft Joe Burrow, even though I'm someone who never drafts a backup quarterback. I think this is a scenario where you're going to want to look to do that, but looking at the quarterback position, we are going to have to be punting it here because I'm not super confident in any of those guys. Looking at the running backs here, I want to go ahead and snag up Gus Edwards. Then we're going to look tight end in the 11th round and probably go with a quarterback inside of the 12th round. Gus Edwards is a guy that I wrote up on the Awesomeo website. I talked about how Gus Edwards is going to be given a great opportunity here in Baltimore. He is on the most run-heavy team in the NFL, back-to-back seasons, I believe, and in 2018, they ranked third. They ranked third, and that's when Joe Flacco was the quarterback for a lot of the season. So this is a team that likes to run the ball. But, Nick, they're going to run a lot with Lamar Jackson. I understand. I understand. They're going to run a lot with J.K. Dobbins as well. But Gus Edwards is one of the only running backs they're going to be able to draft back here that is the true backup of their team that week in, week out, 
if they're in a really good matchup, you can flex a Gus Edwards. Because I genuinely believe that he's a pretty solid pass catcher. He's a pretty good running back. And when you run the ball that much, if your team is going to be smacking folks around, you can run even more later in the game. Gus Edwards is in for a very solid season here. And if J.K. Dobbins was to go down, knock on wood, J.K. Dobbins is one of my favorite picks. I don't root for injuries, but Gus Edwards has great value. I've said the word value 7,000 times in this video, but it really is true. Gus Edwards is an excellent pick late on in the draft. We have so many running backs on the team right now that we're definitely going to have to go with another wide receiver as our final bench pick, but we need to look quarterback and tight end. Matt Ryan is a quarterback that I do like a lot late in drafts because I think this Atlanta team is still going to be pretty pass heavy. I still like Mike Davis because he's a great pass catching running back as well, but Matt Ryan's one of those guys that at the end of the year, basically every single year, he has thrown the ball the most amount of times in the NFL. Why is that? Because the Falcons' defense is dog shit, and they always have to throw the ball, and Matt Ryan just puts the team on his back, airs it out a million times a game, so I like Matt Ryan. Someone who no one is talking about, but I'm saying this is a full-on punt-the-quarterback-position type of deal. No one is talking about Big Ben Roethlisberger. Now, I know. Nick, Big Ben Roethlisberger is not the most appealing quarterback, right? The guy's fucking ugly. He's super fat, can't even fit in his helmet, but he's gotten a little bit skinny. Skinny season for Ben Roethlisberger, but, like, would you be surprised if Big Ben was a top 12 quarterback in fantasy football? Now, he doesn't have any rushing upside. He has zero rushing upside, but he is a quarterback with weapons. Juju, who I don't even like. That's a great weapon overall. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool and Najee Harris now, and they still have Eric Ebron, so they have a pretty solid core there, so I'm pretty confident Big Ben is going to be a huge sleeper this year that no one's talking about. Maybe I need to make a video talking about Big Ben, because I actually do like him super late at the quarterback position, but the pick here is going to be Trevor Lawrence if he falls to me. Touchdown Jesus out of Clemson has been getting so much praise throughout the years, right? Wins his national championship in college. Him and Dabo Sweeney, they fucking kissed that trophy. And ever since that moment, it was destined. It was written in the books. Number one overall pick. He goes to the Jaguars. They have solid wide receivers. Their defense is bad, so they're going to have to pass the ball. Trevor Lawrence is a little bit, little bit spicy in the run game. We could see a decent amount of rushing from Trevor Lawrence. And we could easily see a top 10 quarterback performance out of Trevor Lawrence. So I don't really see too much value in drafting a quarterback early, especially with all of these upside quarterbacks that go later in the draft. Even a guy like Tua going this far late, the Dolphins seem to be really committing to trying to push the ball down the field aggressively, which is great for Will Fuller, which is why we drafted him. Also great for Tua Tungavailoa, who is really good at throwing the football. Just didn't really show that off last year because of how the playbook was with Chan Gailey. Fuck Chan Gailey. I like this new offense where we got two offensive coordinators. It's very, very, very spicy in Miami. So Trevor Lawrence, like I said, is the pick. I already explained it. So we're going to go ahead here and look for a tight end. Irv Smith is the glaring option here. But Adam Troutman now, his prowess for fantasy has went from like a... Eh, like a eh, like there's some upside there, but now without Michael Thomas for a bunch of games, Troutman really gets a big leap in his ranking, at least for me, because now for the first couple weeks of the season, when Michael Thomas is gone again, there's no definitive timetable. Thomas could miss like six games, maybe even eight games of the season, and Troutman is a tight end that is in a very good spot here to be seeing a whole lot of targets, because the other wide receivers on this team, besides even Traquan Smith, I think he's the best wide receiver on this team. But he's not even the greatest wide receiver 
if Traquan Smith was really all that, he would have been all that for the past couple of years. So, warn you a little bit on Traquan Smith. I still like him later in the draft. I think Troutman has a lot of value, but Irv Smith is my guy at tight end when you're waiting a while. This is a guy who fits this offense perfectly when Kyle Rudolph was hurt in the past couple of seasons. Irv Smith fit well in this role. Now, Kyle Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, is gone. You can do your little dance, and Irv Smith is going to be put in this role to succeed. I love Irv Smith. Hopefully you couldn't hear my fucking shoes crackle down below like some Rice Krispie treats. Uh, Irv Smith is one of my guys, probably my guy at the tight end position at this point. I have been a big fan of Irv Smith ever since he entered the NFL coming out of college, and I'm a huge fan of the opportunity that he has here in Minnesota to not disappoint and do great things. Hopefully, Ricky doesn't slip his dicky up my ass here and draft uh, Irv Smith, because that would be terrible, terrible, as they, they say. Would not be very good at all. Four, three, two, one. Happy New Year! Irv Smith's still available. We're getting Irv Smith here. So, looking at the board here, I haven't really been naming off too many picks. We see, after I went with Lawrence, Devin Singletary, Danny Dimes, Mike Licky, Amagasiki, uh, Naheem Hines, Philip Lindsay, Latavius Murray, Irv Smith, Alexander, Matthieson. If you draft Dalvin Cook, he is one of the only cases where I'm really looking to handcuff. A handcuff, for those who do not know, is where you draft the backup running back for your starting running back. Personally, I'm not always one to do it, but Dalvin Cook with a guy who you can almost bake in him missing a couple of games. Now, I'm not saying he's going to miss the whole season, but probably miss like two, three games. Then Alexander Madison legitimately sits pretty as a top 10 option on those weeks. Similar with Zeke. Now, I like Zeke. I don't really think Zeke is an injury-prone running back, so I'm not really looking to draft Pollard if I have Zeke, but... Pollard is also one of those running backs that if the starter in Zeke goes down, then Pollard also is in the top 10 thought process because people have arguments daily on Twitter about how Tony Pollard's better than Zeke. I don't think so, but Tony Pollard is definitely an excellent option. For the Cowboys, after Michael Gallup came LaVishka, Chenault, Elijah Moore, Rob Gronkowski, Greg Zerline, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Darnell, here comes the Mooney, who is now the clear wide receiver too. I thought he was already, but with Anthony Miller now gone, that is a very clear upside shot for Darnell. Here comes the Mooney, but let me talk about this here. I've brought this up a bit recently, but man, oh man, what are people doing? DJ Chark in the 8th round, LaVishka in the 12th. In the 12th. That's very low for LaVishka Chenault, or very far? I don't even know how you would describe that, but very deep down the draft for LaVishka Chenault because he could easily be the wide receiver one there in Jacksonville. Chark could easily be the wide receiver one, and so could Marvin Jones. So I think that DJ Chark's going a little too high and LaVishka and Marvin Jones are the true values in that offense. Marvin Jones going inside of the 13th round. This motherfucker over here, Pete, the guy who drafted Evan Ingram has one, two, three, four quarterbacks. Now, if you draft four quarterbacks, you have taken the potential chance of your team winning this league and crushed it. Crushed it like a fucking ant, Okay. Because you don't need four quarterbacks. You don't need four quarterbacks. You don't even need two in most cases. So after Baker Mayfield came, Marvin Jones, Adam Troutman, Carson Wentz, Tyler Bass, Tariq Cohen, Kansas City defense. And we got to give our final pick here before we go ahead and draft our kicker in defense. So we're going to go with a wide receiver and Mike Williams. There's no way Mike Williams ever falls this far into the 13th round. This is a guy that is the clear wide receiver to 
in Los Angeles for the Chargers. And Lombardi came out and said, or the reports came out and said, you want to know who the ex-receiver was in Lombardi's offense in the Saints as the quarterback coach? It was Michael Thomas who had all those targets. So Mike Williams is still there. He's never going to be available in that round. So I'm going to give you some other picks here. Michael Pittman, nice upside shot for a chance of a breakout season in his sophomore year in Indianapolis. McCall Hardman, that's a guy I'm really snoozing on here, not really looking to draft him. I made a video literally yesterday, talking about the undervalued wide receivers on that list, Sterling Shepard as well as John Brown. As was Traquan Smith, I do kind of like Rashad Bateman, but again, not in love with the passing attack in Baltimore with how much they love to run the ball, besides really Mark Andrews. Henry Ruggs also a super big upside shot, but like I'm saying, or at least like I said in that video, I genuinely think John Brown is the true wide receiver one in targets there. People will tell you that Brian Edwards is going to be, I don't believe that one bit. Russell Gage would also be a good pick back here, but we're going to go ahead and go with a defense and a kicker. Now, if you don't have to draft a defense or a kicker, I would suggest not doing it, if I'm being honest with you, but for the purpose of of this video, I will fill out my team. We're going to go with Jason Sanders of the Miami Dolphins as my kicker. Not too much thought process going into who I select as a kicker, but there will be kicker ranking video. And then for defense, I look to draft a defense playing up against a weak offense week one, an offense that I think is going to get sacked, throw interceptions, and then boom, you go ahead and cut that defense week two if they have a harder opponent. You stream defenses every week. I put out videos on my channel telling you which defenses to stream week in and week out. So looking at the defenses, again, we're not going to look super in-depth on it because I haven't really looked at the week one schedule. I do know Philly plays Atlanta, but besides that, I don't really have too much of a clue on that. So we're just going to look at the other players that are available on the board and just start talking about them a little bit. Nelson Aguilar could be the wide receiver one in New England, but... Do I really want to draft a wide receiver in New England? Maybe, maybe, because he could be the number one target there, but I think there's a pretty high chance it's Jacoby Myers, and he's going at a discount. Terrell Williams for Detroit. Now, I did say earlier that I didn't believe too much in this offense, but I did also bring up earlier that you're trying to find a wide receiver one on the team in targets. Terrell Williams could easily be that guy in Detroit. I also like Rondell Moore a lot to elevate his way past Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's time is over. Finito, he's never really been able to do it. He has these big splashes, and then he just shrivels up like your cock when you go into some cold water. So... I don't really think Christian Kirk is that guy. Emmanuel Sanders could be the wide receiver two here in Buffalo if this Cole Beasley saga ends with him retiring. If you guys have been paying attention to that, it's pretty crazy. Same thing goes with DeAndre Hopkins. There's no way, guys, just so you know, that DeAndre Hopkins is going to retire. But that has been something that is circulating the news waves recently. But that's probably because no one has anything to talk about right now. But with training camp starting up, there is definitely a lot more news to be talking about. Another late round running back that I really like is James White. I think James White really did struggle last season due to what occurred in his family. I'm so sorry for his loss, James White. That was a terrible thing to read about. Struggled, I think, really because of that. I think in 2021, he's going to have a much better year. But again, he's a real upside shot late in the draft. You're taking that late round dart throw on him to potentially be the James White that he's been in the past, which was a top 12 running back for fantasy football. Now that was with Tampa Bay Tom Brady, so I understand why there would be some concern at this point. To be honest with you, Rodrigo Blankenship is going so late for the kicker that I could really see being a kicker, the kicker overall number one at the end of the year. I think Carson Wentz doesn't hurt this team doesn't really help this team. I think it's a real lateral move from Phillip Rivers 
to Carson Wentz unless we see the fucking, like, Frank Reich is just the Thanos gauntlet that Thanos has. If you know what I'm talking about, I don't watch those movies. I d just don't really watch a lot of movies, but I do know what the gauntlet is. It's the thing with all the gems from the Avengers. I'm not showing my hand correctly with the gems. And he puts it in there, and he can fucking, like, snap, and he becomes, like... Again, if, if you watch these movies, you're probably just, this is the stupidest explanation of it. But he basically just becomes, like, the best. He's going to lay a whooping on Iron Man, Captain America, all those kind of guys, Spoderman. But that's what Frank Reich may do for Carson Wentz, may give him all the keys to be successful, is what I really should have said. But the Thanos gauntlet thing does sound a little bit cooler. So maybe Carson Wentz is fully unlocked this season. But maybe it's, you know, Carson Wentz, if it's the Carson Wentz of last year, then it's a huge downgrade because Carson Wentz did not look confident at all. It looked like me trying to talk to a girl inside of high school. I basically had no idea how to do that, which shouldn't be surprising because I'm a guy who talks to the fucking internet about fantasy football. But I do have a girlfriend now, had a girlfriend for the past two years. Shout out to Nicole, uh, my girlfriend. She is very nice, as a Borat would say. So back up on the board here, we do have to draft a defense. Like I said, so I want to go ahead and close our eyes and draft the shy town bears. So we are going to recap our team before we head out of here. Let me know down below what you guys thought about the squadron that we drafted today. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you want me to go fuck myself? Let me know down below in the comment section. Our team is, our quarterback is Trevor Lawrence, our wide receivers are CeeDee Lamb and Robert Woods. Our running backs are Nick Chubb and Najee Harris. Our tight end is Irv Smith. Our flex is Mike Davis. Our bench is comprised of Jamar Chase, Damian Harris, Will Fuller, Michael Carter, Gus Edwards, and Mike Williams. So, thank you guys all so much for watching this video. I do hope that you guys did end up enjoying it. If you did at any point and you are new to my channel, please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below. I love each and every single one of you guys. Make sure you check out the articles on awesomebo.com. Have a great rest of your guys' day. I love you guys. Chef's kiss. Goodbye!